0: little bit about Eliyahu. Eliyahu Gian is an author, life and spiritual coach, motivational speaker and advisor to people of all ages and backgrounds. Eliyahu empowers people to be the best version of themselves, create stronger relationships, achieve career success and create healthier lifestyles by developing a spiritual connection. He shared his vision and guidance with some of the most famous and influential people in the world. And most recently for everyone in this book, The Laughing Billionaire, How to Become Rich and Happy. Through his studies and work, Eliyahu discovered that cultivating true inner happiness enables one's success to increase, and that money doesn't mean happiness. Known for his keen sense of humor, contagious smile, and natural ability to simplify complicated knowledge, Eliyahu uses a multitude of spiritual tools to teach. His primary teachings are based in Kabbalah. His lectures one-on-one coaching sessions, seminars, and soul readings have taken him around the world. Eliyahu's uniqueness is found in his talent to translate profound spiritual wisdom into practical advice that empowers people to live their happiest and most fulfilled existence. Growing up in Israel, Eliyahu lived in a traditional Jewish home and began seeking spirituality at the age of 16. Eliyahu has spent recent decades studying with the world's leading motivational and spiritual teachers, allowing him to connect with thousands of people around the world looking to improve their lives and the lives of others. Eliyahu's passion for spirituality, happiness, and success continues today. As a co-founder of Vital Transformation... Aliyahu teaches the lives, touches the lives of thousands of people daily with free online classes devoted to helping people find their purpose in life and be their best. So, once again, Aliyahu, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me. You're so sweet. Thank you so
0: much. Well, I'm so happy you're here, and let's just kind of dive into. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do in general and what led you to writing this amazing book?
1: Thank you, yes. I mean, The Laughing Billionaire uh, book is to give, uh, the purpose is to give people a chance truly to to rediscover themselves, but specifically to subject the power and happiness. This is the two main idea within the book, to rediscover the power you already have from within and that true happiness. And I'm relating more to true happiness when I'm saying happiness. It's not the five minutes of happiness. I'm talking about more the little bit lasting a little bit longer than five minutes of happiness. So the, the idea, the way I work with people is basically people come to see me, whatever it is online or, or one-on-one or group, and to motivate them to reach their goal, whatever the goal is, whatever it is, is money, to be happy, or relationship. And I'm using different methods, whatever it can be, reading them to looking at them, looking the energy, look at their hand, or astrology, or different levels of spiritual mystical understanding. That through that I'm helping them. So they can tell me one story of what they think they are. And then of course with my knowledge I see a little bit more of what they're telling me or what they forgot to tell me. And through that I'm guiding them to what to be a better future so it's not about fortune teller it's more about changing the future that's really what it's all about
0: mm. so what you're saying is that you feel like you kind of reflect back to them and then maybe as you said guide them into other realms that maybe they weren't even tapped into like their eyes weren't open to before very good. So them bring it out
1: very good yes this is about about that for example a lot of people that will go to some pain, some type of pain. Uh, from a spiritual point of view, they might carry that pain from a previous life, whoever believed in previous life. And because of that, they try to fix it now and it's not working. And there is a way where you are basically go back to another life and fix whatever went wrong, let it go, forgive, and then move on and then this life become better. But it's require, of course, a commitment of a spiritual journey, of course.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people, I mean, I see this in my practice also. The person really needs to want to do the work, right? Like you can't force somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can, you can force love or spirituality on a human being. I mean, you can force it. I mean, it will go quicker but fake. But if you really want a great result, Uh, you you need to have a desire. I mean, you got to have a desire for that.
0: So out of all your clients, would you say there's like, I said like what the average client that you have that comes in talks about, or maybe what are the top three topics that people come in to talk about?
1: A lot. I mean, most of people come to talk about, of course, the money relationship and health. Uh, but it's narrowed down to one subject, which is relationship. You know, I bring it back into one subject, which is relationship with yourself, with others, how people relate to you, how you relate to yourself, how you relate to others. You know, there is three levels of love. How do you love yourself? How do you love others? And how do you feel that other people love you? Once you fix those three areas, everything else can be fixed in a much, much easier way. But of course, it required some work. You know, it's not the easy things to do
0: so somebody comes in and they're just like desperate to i know de- no, nothing should ever happen through desperation but somebody comes in yeah. like i just want to be happy and i just want these things and you're like you can get there all you need to do is
1: i mean first i mean i'm, I'm not looking down on desperation i believe desperation gives birth to more success than inspiration you know okay. most people yeah most people believe that inspiration gives power I believe that inspiration eventually puts you to sleep, but desperately wake you up. We are in a difficult time right now. We are in a desperate time. People are waking up. They have more awareness. They have more of what's going on around me. Who am I? Why am I here? So fear, unfortunately, wakes us up. Respect wakes us up. But love, uh, sometimes we abuse it, meaning we are, we are not appreciating love. You know, if you love somebody, non-stop eventually they're gonna run out of appreciation simply because they wouldn't know what to do with that so if you're just receiving love all day long it's not necessarily the best thing that you can do because if we look at our children our children we give them love 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 it's not necessarily the best gift you can give a child I was when parents asking me what's the biggest gift you can give somebody you love like your children I said teach them how to be independent Teach them how to be without you. Because most of the time, love can create codependency, which means some type of dependency in each other. You need the father, the father needs you, the mother, you know. So love is a very beautiful thing, but I didn't see, so I'm relating to what you said about desperation. Yes, desperation sounds negative, but it's actually push you. It's to put jalapeno in the right places so you wake up and shake up a little bit, and then you want to do something about it, you know people don't go to the gym because uh they eat everything they want and they still look perfect you know once they look bad and everybody judge them this desperation wakes them up maybe i should lose weight <laughs> so so i'm not looking down on on desperation in in a way when people come to see me with some type of desperation i usually ask them about forgiveness and sharing you know to forgive and to share meaning if you can't forgive people who hurt you, and we all go to that part of life, uh, you're stuck. You're I'm not judging you, but if you be honest with yourself and you say, I'm Israeli, so we don't, we're not strong enough on honesty, which means when we need to be honest, we're being honest. So I will tell a person, listen, if you're stuck, I need you to tell me who is the person in your life you couldn't forgive to. That's the first thing. Then the next chapter is to give, is to share. I mean, think about yourself. Do you want to share with another human being? If you don't, then why would you expect yourself to be happy? Why would you expect yourself to be even in a good mood? Because you talk about the people who hurt you. You don't want to share what you have. Then what are you living for? I mean, please inspire me.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. I love that you just said, what are you living for? Because I always say that we live for love. and it. Kind of sounds cheesy to some people, but I truly believe that that is what keeps us alive. That's why we get up in the morning. Absolutely. And and I like to sometimes challenge people because, you know, people walk around all the time and they're like on the hamster wheel and they're going, going, going. They're working, working, working. Work is so important. And of course it is. But if you really like broke it down and took away the layers of everything in life and you really ask somebody, okay, now what you have, okay, why? What is the joy in life? And the joy in life is love, right?
1: <laughs> love, love is a great joy. I mean, uh, there, there is, uh, I'm very careful when I get to the word love, the reason I'm very careful because uh, my friend loves sushi. He loves to eat sushi. So when I ask him, why are you eating sushi that, that much? His answer to me was, I love fish. So the word I love fish not necessarily means that I'm not going to kill them and eat them. So the connotation of the word love sometimes come with the idea, what is it going to fulfill my desire? So what I love is not necessarily something that I care about. What I love is something that cares about me. So we got to be careful. You know, I I was one time uh, was asked to help a band, a very famous band, uh, in a backstage to go do some healing power on them. And they they were about to sing the song, I Wanna Know What Love Is. You know, it was in Jones Beach, those of you know New York. So I'm going backstage, I've never been backstage, it was the first time. Uh, so as I'm going there, you know, I'm thinking about such a beautiful song, I Wanna Know What Love Is, he wrote it for his wife. And the idea is, People are desperate to find love, to look for love. But what if I tell you that love has to do with one thing, sharing 100%, not receiving 100%. Because people go with that rose, with that flower. Hey, he loved me. He loved me not. He loved me. He loved me not. Or maybe we should share it. Should I share? Should I not share? Should I share? Should I not share? I mean, the whole, the whole idea of love turning into a concept. And I'm not trying to put love down. Love is the ultimate good. I agree with you. So, But I don't want people to do a mistake on the way to get to the ultimate good to fall apart and think about themselves. Love happens when you no longer think about yourself. I had a a client from Manhattan. uh, She's a a Wall Street genius. And uh, um, she started going out with a doctor from Germany. Um, Very different personality. So I remember she called me and said, you know, I thought, you know, you, you like the idea that I start going out with something serious. And, but the truth of the matter is, I don't see anything that this guy can give me. You know, I'm so rough and tough and I'm straightforward. I mean, this guy's from Europe, he's from Germany. He has no idea who I am. And I said, do me a favor. Sit with yourself for a second and just meditate what can you give him. Not what can he give you. What can you give him? And once you think like that, I say, love will begin. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm talking about when I say love. You can't think about what you gain from the other person. I think love is about more, what can I give the other person? And that's where love begins.
0: Yeah, and I love that you're saying this because a lot of times I work with my clients to manifest love. And say that it always starts from within We have to get clear on what we have to offer so that the universe even brings us what is in alignment of of somebody that can give what we need back to us. And this brings me to one of my questions for you. And by the way, we're just going to do the love thing now, and then we're going to jump into the book because we're talking about love anyway. So, um, So you just kind of gave us an example of how you help your clients manifest love. Um, are there any other kind of things, like tips you could give our viewers of someone comes in and they just say, I want to manifest the love of my life? Help?
1: I mean, the, the point is, uh, I give you an example, maybe two the example, maybe that will help. You know, I'm dealing with a situation right now with a lady who's went through a very rough time in her life like like rough time beyond the level i can even describe to you on the radio here and from a justice point of view she's right her life is really miserable no, nothing is good there nothing it's it's re- it's so bad money relationship abuse in a level that we cannot even grasp it and When she reached out to me, I'm looking at the case, I'm looking at that, and I said, wow, that's what do I do to inspire this wonderful lady even to see some light in the end of the tunnel? So I said to her, please help me out. Is there is one good thing that we can hold on to and we can grow from that point on to the next level? She answered, no, there is nothing good in my life. Zero good, everything is just garbage. And then she say, as a mistake or not as a mistake, that she have a son. And I was very happy to hold on to that string. I said, okay, okay, we have something. And I'm holding to that string. We have a son. Tell me about it. Then she say, second thing, she say, it was a miracle. Oh, <laughs> I have two strings. I said, tell me what happened. And then she told me the story. The story is very sad how oh, she become pregnant. Very sad. I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> it's so painful. But it happened that way. You know, the divine wanted to happen this way but she couldn't have children and the doctor told her she would never have kids but through that negative event she become pregnant and she has a boy okay then her life is not changing so she reached out to me that after 19 years of not forgiving whatever happened to her with the money with the relationship with every abuse she went through she just nothing worked in her life just nothing she's just not working and she keep meeting miserable people. And I answer, you know, there is a say that say, you know, misery love company. You know, if I feel bad for myself, if I belong to the group that's called victim.com or misery.com, you know, this is what you belong to. you You announcing you have like like a banner or a flyer or a flag that say, hey guys, I'm here the miserable in the end of the bar, eating the peanuts and drinking the drink. Somebody want to join me? You're going to have a lot of people join you. But you are got to announce the great thing that happened in life, not only from a gratitude point of view, which is also, but from a point of you cannot start something until you start to see one good thing. One good thing is about your life. So it doesn't matter how miserable the person is. There's one good thing in your life. And I say it before on many shows. There is a guy that passed away this year. His name is Bob. Bob, as much as he believed I was a mentor, he was way more my mentor. You know, a businessman, genius man. He died when he was 94. has four types of cancer, three heart surgery. And when I used to go with Bobby to the hospital, he would be the last person who looked like he's sick. He will entertain the nurses, the doctor, the people, the lady who bring the food. This guy never. Never stop seeing the good in everything. And I used to tell them, Bobby, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you, you are the sick person right now. We need to take care of you. I said, no, 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 no. I mean, the doctor need my advice, the nurses. After I'm leaving here, I have money. I'm very successful. They have no idea what they do with their life. Let me advise them. People didn't want them to leave. What I'm trying to say by that, about Bobby's story, is, you, you are whatever you decide you are. If you are saying you're miserable, you are miserable. Absolutely, I agree with you. When you say, my life is the best life ever, you, your life is the best life ever. You know, this is, I, I can help you with that if you don't make up your mind to decide who you are. So you've got to love yourself first. I mean, if you don't love yourself first, if you don't find one good thing about your life and loving it and celebrate it, and dance to it and jump to the sky and say wow I woke up today gotta celebrate this one you know this is unbelievable you know and this is really what it's all about and unfortunately we all fall include myself into it sometimes when things are not working as I say a lot of time to my family now we are a lot at home and I say you know I just hit my foot with the, the, the corner of the bed and it was so painful I was only busy with the toes, you know, the toes, the corner of the bed, and my pain. Nothing else was exist. So sometimes when we have pain in our life, we can't see the goodness that we have, you know? It's very really right. difficult. So we, we gotta be there for people. You know, we are it's so beautiful now, as much as it's painful, that we need each other. We realize how much we need each other.
0: We do. I love just I love your stories because you you're oh. You um. Yeah I, a- you Bobby.
1: Bobby. yeah, I wish you could meet Bobby. Yeah, I mean you could meet Bobby. Is amazing, man. I mean, but he's um, gone.
0: Well, I can speak to him through the spirit realm. I can of communicate. With him. Um. So, one more question about, two quick questions about love. Um. One is, do you believe in soulmates? Wow. That's a good question. and romantic soulmates not just like oh my co-worker we were meant to work together like a romantic soulmate do you believe in them and can you explain how they come to be i know there's like i have my own thing that i've learned in judaism but to share it so i'm just wondering how you explain it and i would love to hear
1: well uh the name is soul mate i want to make sure people listen carefully to the word soul Mate, not room, mate, not sex, mate, not good-looking, mate, not uh, intellectual, mate. We call it, again, I want to repeat it, soul, mate, meaning the connection has to the soul. <laughs> all right, it doesn't mean they cannot be sexy, it doesn't mean they cannot be fun, it doesn't mean they cannot have all of the above, but the soul mate is a purpose, meaning what? The section in the book of the Zohar that's written 2,000 years ago, there is a book that's called the Zohar. It's basically a mystical book that explains the whole concept of soulmate, explains that our soul is built from three parts. I'm not going to go to the names in Hebrew, but there is a three part of the soul, one in charge of the reflex and physicality, one in charge of the speakability, the speech of what we do, and one in charge of the thought of the person. Those are the three parts of the soul. So when we meet people, a complete soulmate will be a connection between those three levels. You connect on the level of the reflex. It's it's going really well. It's connecting the level of the speech and it's connected to the level of the soul of the thought. Okay? It doesn't mean that everybody who read your mind, this is your soulmate. Soulmate means that the soul is one. It was split to two. One is called a female soul. One is called a male soul, regardless if the relationship, I'm sorry to say it and be not diplomatic, gay or lesbian or regular, it's a female soul. The soul is female, and the soul is a male. And when you put those two souls together, that complete one soul again. So soulmate is not two soul, is one soul spinning by half. And the purpose eventually, those two souls have to meet each other. Now, if they've been together last lifetime. But they didn't uh, take advantage of it. Unfortunately, by them meeting each other, this lifetime, it might be difficult. It might create some problem and fight. And sometimes they will never meet. It's dangerous. Why Why would that be? I'll tell you a secret now that most people have no idea exists. For example, one of, the, one of the old laws of the Bible that people look at it like a primitive, fanatic, religious law is... When people get married, they have to stay loyal to their partner. Okay? Those things people look at it like, ah, that's a primitive thing. Who can stay? You know, I have this wonderful man who called me, he became my client. I said, how can I help you? He said, the relationship. I said, what's going on? He said, Leo, I got to cheat on my wife. What do I do? I said, you got to cheat on your life. Okay. Help me out. They got to. I need to know got to equal to. He said, Leo, I'm a good looking man, I'm very successful. I'm an alpha man. So alpha man? So what's going on with the alpha man? How do you know you're not the better man? You're an alpha, yeah, I'm an alpha man. An alpha alpha man has to cheat on the wife. <laughs> I mean, That's an incredible theory. Woo! But he is it, said is it, so what's what's with that? So let me explain. Sometimes the children of two people who cheat each other, you know, let's say a husband from this marriage and a wife from another marriage, they both marry, their children are soulmate. But because the parents took advantage of their reflex of sexuality, they couldn't hold off that their children of this side, of this side, will never have a chance to be with each other. It's called prevention of soulmate relationship. So. When I'm talking about soulmate, it's a serious responsibility. The way you know if you're married to your soulmate is when two of you work on a project together that help the global community to become a better place to be. That's a very simple way to check it. If you bought great with money and you make big money, it's nice. It's wonderful. Stay together. But most relationships are not soulmate, and it's okay. It's not a problem. There is many levels and relationships that are great relationships. Soulmate relationship, meaning you have a mission. You are like the blues brother, a mission from God. You're coming here to do something for the universe. And it's okay if you're not. Some people enjoy a wonderful life and they're not soulmate. But of course, for women specifically, if you feel that you are only women, if you're in a relationship with a person who's not treating you right, run for the hill. Why I say only women, if I may say it, the Talmud. Talmud is a book that was written 2,000 years ago. In the Talmud, it says that this universe is basically a, a place for the men to become better. So what are the women doing here? The women, and I don't want women to judge their husband now. The women come here to support the men on a spiritual journey, to make sure that he's getting it. Because the man is a little bit lazy when it's come to change and transformation. And again, women don't take advantage of my words, please. Uh, it's not going to cause me a lot of good things for me. So... Don't take advantage of my word. Just words that was written thousands of years ago. So when the women come here to help and the men not appreciate them, there is no point of that relationship. There is no point. For that, for that reason, if you look being Jewish, if you look at Judaism, Judaism is the only religion who actually supports divorce as a mitzvah. It's a good thing, not as a bad thing. Why would the divorce would be a mitzvah? And the only way you can get a divorce is if the woman agree. If the woman disagrees, nobody gets divorced. A man can want it for the rest of his life. Nothing happened. But what the woman wanted, according to the law, he has to give it immediately in the second she asked for it. What we learned from that, that the man is on a mission here to change, to grow spiritually, and the woman has to support him to get there. For that reason, you have to respect women, not just for a point of manners, for a point of understanding who they are in your life. Without them, nothing else will work spiritually for you. So soulmate is when we get to that full understanding. The two of you on a mission, you know, the husband look back. The wife is so happy that the husband is becoming more and more spiritual. Okay. The husband go to his wife and ask her, honey, what do you think? How is my ego? Am I am I doing better? Am I doing worse? what? What's going on? You know, help me out. You know, I need to know. That meant to be the relationship. For that reason, in the Bible, when we see Abraham and Sarah, Rebecca and Isaac, we see that the woman makes most of the decision and the man is just the one who pray and meditate and channel to bring all the blessing. But without the woman nothing is really happening and it's it's very important that uh, everybody understand the value of a woman, value of a man and the value of a soulmate. I hope I wasn't that long on that. I'm sorry if I was.
0: No, you are very wise and you have so much experience and so I'm sure that and this is also um, very just unique content that some of the viewers haven't seen yet. So it's very intriguing and inspiring. So thank you for sharing all of that. Um, there was a thought that I had as you were going on, but then I was just so enthralled. Um, soulmate, 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 soulmate. I'll come back to it. you are talking about how... Oh, well, I was just going to say, because you were saying that, I was going to say that a soulmate relationship, you are in service together, because you were saying, and, like, you thrive together. I think you were saying that in a soulmate relationship, you work together, like, you help people together.
1: Yes, you help the global community, of course.
0: Yeah, like, you're in service together to the world. You're philanthropic together. Yes. Both parties want to. It's not just, like, the wife is dragging the husband. But because I always say that, to, that both parties need to want to grow together, <laughs> thrive in the relationship. If one person is growing and thriving, and the other person just wants to stay where they are, then that's they could stay together forever. But that's just not going to be a happy relationship.
1: Yeah, that's that's tough. So that's why I say there is a difference between a woman and a man. Women don't have to grow if they don't want to. And and I'm sorry to say the truth, but I don't want people to use it against their husband. A husband must grow spiritually. It's a must. It's a a necessity. So if a man has an abusive wife, it's part of his growth. But if a woman has an abusive husband, it's not part of her growth. She has to live. It's a very different the the way the the, the, the wisdom of Kabbalah, the the Zohar is looking at that. It's a very, very different, and it seems unfair. Many men, when I give this lecture, are very angry, you know, when I say it. They say, why? I said, because the men come in reincarnation many, many times, way more than women, and he come back because he missed the opportunity of being spiritual. That's what we see in most classes that I give. It's 85% women, 15% men. What happened to the men? Men cannot be motivated to do anything. And when the wife asks me, why is my husband is not coming? Because you're not pulling his ears to come and sit on the chair. You know, don't give him the free will. You know, he didn't come here to choose. He, he came here to choose you. And then you choose for him. So be tough on the man when it's comes to spiritual matter. Other area, leave him alone. But when it's comes to spiritual matter, make sure you push your man to become more spiritual.
0: Yes. And to learn and to grow and to thrive and to be yeah. live the life you possibly can. Yeah, of course. Um, Okay, rapid fire, because then I want to get to your book. Um, What is the key to success for a forever relationship?
1: What is the key to success of having a relationship? The first thing that comes to my mind is talk. You have to speak to each other.
0: Communication. You know,
1: talking, 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 and talking again. And Forgiving, 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 and forgiving again. And something that my wife taught me, it's not personal. You know, I happen to be a water sign, and water sign take everything emotionally. So emotional. I feel like everything's been saying to me, it's like personal. But some of the other person just have a certain issue of communication. It doesn't mean it's against you personally. And if you commit for the relationship, it looks different when you're not committed. If you are not commit for the relationship, then everything will bother you because from the beginning you're not committing to the relationship. So why would you expect something to work? You know, you're not committing. You're just tasting. You're just trying it. If you're just trying it, then it looks like you're trying it. But if you're into it 100%, she's into it 100%, successful relationship will be communication, forgiving, don't take it personally, and give, give, and give. You know, it's always together, give. You know, I thought when I when I get married, I thought that I know how to give. I didn't. I thought I knew how to give. So if if I want to share a food without knowing it, and I hope all the husband listening to it and all the wife, I used to give the part of the food that I don't like. And I thought that's what sharing. Unbelievable. I just gave my wife a piece of the sushi that I don't like because they put some cucumber the way I don't like it. And I said, honey, you want it? And she said, wow, it's such a sharing incredible human being. She never complained. But one day I saw what she did for me. And she actually gave me a part of the food that I know she definitely liked more more than the other part. And I'm looking. So what's that? That's the part you like. Say, exactly. I said, whoa. That was a lesson for me. It woke me up to realize sharing is about giving the part that you love not giving the part that you don't know what to do with. and I yeah. say, it's, very, it's very important.
0: That is such a good thing to remember. I might want to, like, write something about that. You know that you are in love, and you know that you found the person that you want to be with forever if you give them your favorite slice of pizza. Yes! Give them the whole pizza because you just want them to be happy, and you'll have the salad. It's all good. It's, it's the uh, ice cream cone for dessert. Yeah. It's a, I,
1: I tell you, I, I want to say, I tell you a game I used to do with my children when they were young. So whenever we go to a restaurant, I would reach out to their plate and eat from their food. Very, very much not nice to do such a thing. And when I did such a thing was actually to... Make sure that in the future they will understand that somebody takes something from them, or it's okay that things that you love will be shared with another human being. Because if you can't do such a thing, then you can't fall in love. You you, you will fall in love. You will find love when you're willing to share. If you're not willing to share, then you just love fish and kill them.
0: But then you don't love a person and you just love you're capable of loving yourself which is not nothing wrong with that but do you want to love yourself and unconditionally love another person okay i have a few questions about your book so sure. once again, so, Hello, my book? i have your book <laughs> thank
1: Later. you I hope you, um, it, I hope you read it slowly what do you say I hope you're reading it. I hope you're reading it slowly. I like I love when people read it.
0: I have memorized every word. Wow, Okay, I can quote it right now. Page fifty-seven. I'm kidding. Okay, so what was like the motivation for specifically writing this book? And what do you think about being happy and wealthy, and wealthy and happy, or rich and happy? And how did you choose the title? And tell us the story about what what's the how? People, me, we'll yes. give game book.
1: okay I tell you a story you know I was I, I told this story so many times so I will tell you this story again from different angle so it will sound fresh to me uh, I was uh, riding with the, with, the, with the billionaire with somebody who has a lot of money fortune and uh, he was stopping uh, to look at people who are in the street homeless and he saw them laughing he saw them having a great time so i saw him crying as we were riding together so what's going on why are you crying
0: it's so you, know, you
1: you know i am i mean i'm famous i'm rich i have it all and i can't i can't have that i can't have you see what they're having in the street they're laughing they're telling a joke they're not even drinking and they're having a good time i don't have it i don't have the simplicity then i met a few people i used to work in a rehab center many, many of them. And uh, sometimes the people who arrive are not just addicted, they're also very poor. And most of them say, talk about money. They say, when I'm gonna have money, I'm gonna be happy. So I realized there's something very unique about society. The rich believe that maybe because he has money, he's not happy. The poor believe because he doesn't have the money, that's why he's not happy. And when I realized that there is, that things, I realize that happiness is the number one goal of humanity. Whenever I travel to Hong Kong or London or so many places where I give lecture, it's one thing in common that this universe is looking for. Being happy. Of course, true love, like you said before. So being happy, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing to want. But the tools sometimes are different. And if you believe that money can bring you happiness, I will tell you, I hope you will become a billionaire tomorrow and you will see that when you buy a new car, a new house, a new thing, whatever it is, it will make you happy, but not forever. You know, people bought a house for 14 bedrooms. Who needs 14 bedrooms? Maybe it's good for their relationship because they can't find each other so they can never fight. That's good. But the idea, eventually, it's not fulfilling they're looking for true happiness as to come from within. So on the other hand, the rich people, you know, this gentleman, his wife left him, his kids left him, it was very sad to watch him. And he tell me, you know, I don't know why they want all me money for me. And I answer very directly, I said to him, do you have anything else to offer besides money? And then he was quiet. When you only work to become billionaire or rich, you have to be careful because you might have only money. So how to become rich and happy, as I'm explaining, laughing billionaire, is a step-by-step to getting into places, whatever your desire, money, or whatever you desire, happy, happiness, or whatever you desire, vote, how to get to that level. And for that reason, I start the book by, you know, claiming and then forgiving. And then step-by-step, I take people on the journey. If they read the book in a way that they are, Stop in every chapter. Don't just jump fast. Slowly, slowly, and take note, in the end of the book, you will definitely find your inner happiness and you will definitely come with an idea how to make more money. This is absolutely. And uh, whatever I work with people for Morgan Stanley or different uh, uh, hedge fund right now who is going through some tough time, you know, in New York, even they have money. So people are... Struggling now. I mean, the economy, the election, the coronavirus. This is a tough time. How am I make myself happy? For that reason, I went to my Facebook, and I'm doing cooking with people. I'm playing the guitar with people, singing with them. I'm teaching. I'm with you, so sweet you. You know, it's to show people. Yes, we're gonna go through that time. It's it's rough. It's tough. It's not easy. It's scary. The chakra of survival is being awake. You know it's not easy, but I want to become rich and happy, as I write it in my book. It's inspired. What inspired me to write the book is to give people the freedom of being themselves and to be, to make sure people understand they can do it on their own. I don't want people to be depend on me. I will give you the the boost, the beginning, the lecture. Then go on your own, open your place. Go on your own, open whatever it is. Everybody is capable to become rich and happy, but there is a way out to get there. Just study it a little bit. You don't have to listen to everything I say. My wife and me, for that reason, open vitaltransformation.org for free. It's the only spiritual, kabbalistic, mystical site for free. Everybody just go ahead, don't pay a penny, and enjoy a lecture. And do that, your life absolutely will become better. Versus I'm so
0: happy you brought that up because I was going to ask you to tell us about Vital Transformation
1: and what it is. Yeah. yeah, Vital Transformation is basically, it's a non-profit organization that teach people spirituality, all method of spirituality. And sometimes if there is a spiritual teacher who want to teach here and they're asking me, I'm asking them what they do and all, sometimes I let them join me. And I said, why don't you use the camera and do that? But the main idea of Vital Transformation is to teach spirituality in a very basic level and then teach it in a very deep level i recommend if you go online do not jump into the deep i'm begging you don't go right away into the start deep shallow, shallow yeah. end. please start there. slowly slowly and then step by step you will find spirituality be inspiring
0: is the website vitaltransformation.com
1: org.org not .com, .org, O-R-G, yeah. Or you can write yeah. vitaltransformation.org, or you can write vt1.org, okay? Like vt1.org.
0: For anybody who's missing this, I'm going to be in my description of the show afterwards. And by the way, anybody who hasn't seen this live can click on the link on my LA Talk Radio page or on my website after this. So I will put in the description all of, I'll put information about your book um, and yes. the information for um, yeah. a few more minutes. So is there an Amazon link or something for yes. people to purchase? Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. There is an Amazon link. I mean, or you can go to, directly to Amazon and you're going to find it there. And you don't, you can either get the book or you can get it online and you can read it digitally. Okay. So okay. not a cool. problem. Yes. Yes,
0: um, let me see if there's anything else. Oh well, so I, I did want to ask you about and I don't know if you could oh, two things. well, you're definitely coming back again, but please, please. okay, well, so I wanted to ask you about astrology, why does astrology matter in life and relationships and everything, and then also Kabbalah, so you choose which one um,
1: let, let's talk a little bit about astrology because okay. it is part of Kabbalah. basically, Kabbalah is basically. The umbrella of all the knowledge. Astrology is part of it. So astrology means, let's say right now, Pluto and Saturn are not getting along for the next 15 days. That's what we experience right now. Not the easy time. That's going to be, you're going to feel a little bit relief by Wednesday. Wednesday should be a little bit better. I'm not promising anything, just a little bit better. Okay? And then it should be going better and better with the days. I will tell you that in May 15 might be a little rough. We need to be strong. We have to hold on because after that, June 15 will be perfect. So we just have to hold on a long time for that negativity to go away. So astrology is not just horoscope. You read online, it's more to do with information, almost like the weather channel telling you what the weather will be.
0: Yeah, and, and energy and I know like the Mercury and retrograde, it's all like it right. makes sense for everything's energy yeah. and how it can affect us.
1: Yeah, yeah. we just went to Mercury and retrograde, it stopped five days ago. And uh, it's it's right now it's going forward, so that's good news. But Pluto and Saturn, Saturn in charge of structure and Pluto is in charge of destruction. So we have issued the both together. Saturn want to put us at home and structure us to save us. Pluto wants to destroy the all-existent and recreate something new. Both of them are positive. Pluto want to remove the negativity and create something new. But it means it will destroy a lot of things. Saturn say, hey, wait a minute. Let's structure everything. Let's talk about it. So when those two planets are together, the last time it happened was 1918 in, in that intensity. And it coincidentally was a disease at that time as well. I think it's called the Spanish virus if I'm not mistaken or one of the viruses so we we need we need to be strong right now you know
0: yes and yes I pray that everybody remains strong sending lots of light out there to you to your family and to everybody throughout this difficult time because we all will get through it and be resilient and stronger after so once again um we can find you on your Facebook. You have your your link for your your book. You and your what's your website besides for Vital Transformation? You
1: either uh, type my name eliaojian uh, or vitaltransformation.org. one, okay. one of Wonderful. you can find me on YouTube. You can find me everywhere Google and also. There is enough material there for free to make sure people can listen, and especially in this time. Tonight, right. you, can Zoom. you can join me on the Zoom tonight.
0: Yes, you have a weekly show on Mondays. So, but all that information is on your website?
1: It is on my website, yes.
0: Yes. Okay, good. And as always, anybody can contact me with any questions at therelationshipexpert.com. Thank you so much, Eliahu, for joining us today. This was great. And you'll have to, there's so much more to talk about. So you have to come back after coronavirus into the studio. Cool. We're going to
1: dance. We're going to dance after coronavirus in the studio. That's what we're going to do.
0: Dance in the studio. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much and have a great night. Thank you. You have a great night too. Hello. Bye okay. bye. Right.
1: How do we close it here? You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.